What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. That's H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on Hog Sports Live, we're going to break down this Portland State game. We're going to talk a little bit about Ole Miss, but we're really going to look back at this Portland State game, talk about some of the things that went on uh, today with Chad Morris's press conferences, discuss injuries and things like that. Danny West is also going to join us to talk uh, a little bit about Razorback recruiting, all that and more on Hog Sports Live. All right, before we jump into too much, uh, we got to mention Dorian Gerald. Uh, Dorian Gerald wasn't seen in the second half of the game uh, on Saturday and has a strained artery in his neck. So he is out for the year. That's a difficult situation, man. That is, that is definitely tough. Now, Gerald was really, really coming off the ball looking good on Saturday. I thought the defense overall played well, but this guy's going to be missed. He was really looking good. It dropped his weight all the way down to 261 pounds after showing up at like 289 last year, 286, I think, last year. Had a great offseason, good attitude, great guy to interview, really tells it like it is in the interview room. So Dorian Gerald get well soon. Strange injury uh, there for Dorian Gerald. Just to update a couple of other key injuries, Austin Caps is going to be back. C.J. O'Grady will be back. Jamario Bell will be back. And Mateo Soli fractured his hand uh, but he will be playing with a cast on Saturday, so he's not expected to miss any time. So tough news on Dorian Gerald. All right, before we move into too much more here, I want to remind everybody plenty of ways to watch and listen, always streaming on Facebook Live. Go ahead and give us a thumbs up if you like the content that we do at hogsports.com. On YouTube, subscribe to the channel, throw a thumbs up, like to the video, and make sure to hit that notifications bell after you subscribe so you're notified anytime that we have a new video on Apple Podcasts, the number one Razorback show on Apple Podcasts, five stars. Throw us a review if you like the content. Also on Spotify and Stitcher. Hogsports.com is $1 right now for your first month. Great time to sign up at hogsports.com. Uh, see all of our VIP breakdowns on the game, just going through every single little detail, breaking down Ben Hicks, what he did right, what wasn't on him, what was on him, uh, breaking down the, the game all the way down, and then, of course, a lot of recruiting stuff going on as the dead period is now lifted. And we'll have Danny West to come and talk about that a little bit bit. So $1 for your first month at hogsports.com, or you can sign up for a year, take 30% off your first year and get a seven day free trial with that. So good time to join right now at hogsports.com. All right. Where do we want to start? Let's, let's go with Chad Morse, what he had to say. Here's Chad Morse, what he had to say today. This is about two minute video uh, in his regular Monday press conference. I want to give credit to Portland state. Um, those guys, as we knew they would, they had a good plan. Um, they played hard and they fought to the end, and um, that's uh, we, we knew they had nothing to lose, and that we were going to get their best shot. But uh, you know, after reviewing the film, I, I will say this: our guys played extremely hard. I'm very proud of how hard our guys played and and the great effort that they gave the entire game, uh, in all phases, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, I was disappointed um, in some of the lack of execution of, of drop balls. Uh, that ended drives for us um, on offense. And from a defensive side, lack of execution and um, that extended drives for them. Um, and so that, that was disappointing after watching the film. I felt that after the game and uh, just watching the film confirm that. Uh, offensively, uh, we had 11 possessions. We had four 10-play drives or more, which is, it was really good. Uh, we had four drops. And of those four drops, two were key third down drops. Uh, we had momentum and the ball, we were moving the ball down the field and, um, and to have two drops on third down was, was tough. Uh, our focus for game one was, was executing our base offense and running the football. Uh, we, were, we were very basic by design um, for a few reasons. One of those being week one and a lot of unknowns. Uh, and two was with some of the scheme and the way that they aligned. There was some, some uncertainty and, and, um, and, and some of the things and how they play, could have played us on the back end of things. So by design, we were, we were vanilla. Um, and especially knowing going into a conference opener this, this next week. So we had a chance to pull, a, pull away and, and get a little bit more of a comfortable lead in the first half. Um, right before half and come away with points, had a chance to get 10 points, if not 14 points, two touchdowns in less than two minutes, uh, and we came up with none. Um, we got down in the red zone, and uh, we had an interception uh, on a ball that I know Nick wish he had had back, and we mismanaged the clock, and I took full responsibility for that after the game. 
That was Arkansas head coach Chad Morris just kind of running down some of the things from the last game. I want to go ahead and start rewinding some things with Portland State. If you want to watch my video from after the game, I do a walk and talk after the game where, I don't know, somebody made a good point. When you're walking, you just kind of really tell things how you're feeling, you know, when you're walking and talking. So go check that video out. I'm glad I didn't break down the offensive line. And as I mentioned in that video, uh, I would wait till I, after I reviewed the video to break down the offensive line. And I, I saw a lot of people chirping at the offensive line, saying that they didn't perform well, that the quarterbacks didn't have time. I don't know what you were watching. The offensive line was fine. There was maybe two times, uh, and really I think on the same series, Looked like it might have been on Myron Cunningham, but you don't know until you know the exact blocking scheme um, where players got by. But other than that, quarterbacks had plenty of time to throw the ball. Plenty of time to throw the ball. All right, let's get right to it. Starting at the beginning, that personal foul Henry on uh, personal foul penalty on Hayden Henry was bogus. So this dude Benton Hodge, a cornerback from Portland State, I assume he's a backup, was. First, Hayden Henry came up behind Grant Morgan and knocked him down, and this dude is taking credit for him. He's up there clapping in his face, you know, and um, he's hopping around, and he hops into Hayden Henry, who Hayden Henry just kind of goes like that. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Just t- it's kind of like a Malcolm Shepard moment against Florida. I mean, what's he supposed to do? That's probably the first personal foul penalty against a Henry <laughs> ever. So that was bogus to start things out. It's a first, first game for the refs, too. As I mentioned, the offensive line really thought they protected well. I really, I really do. And now I know it's an FCS level school, but I mean, you just can perform against who you win against. And uh, everything the offensive line did, I thought was good enough for Arkansas to win the game, which they did. May not have been true with, with everybody else. When I say I watch the game, I go back and watch every play. I rewind, watch it again. Sometimes watch it multiple times just to watch every position group. This is something that I just have always done when watching football games. We'll break. I'll, I'll go into Ben Hicks. I've got a, a breakdown on what he did right and what he did wrong. We'll go over that in a minute. But I know on Davis Alexander, who was hell. I mean, that guy could run. He was very elusive. Arkansas's defensive line was in the backfield all the time, even when they had have four. Now, one time I know that they did. You know, they were they weren't as vanilla as you thought they were. They were bringing pressure. I mean, you don't have a safety with two sacks and not you know, bring some blitzes and stuff like that from the secondary. On his 22-yard run on the second play, I noticed they did bring bumper pull, pull and he got outside of him there and, and had that big run. But overall, the defense, offensive line, both played well. And we'll get into that. Dorian Gerald, the thing that stinks about his injury, and obviously there's things more important than football, he's got to worry about his health. But, man, he was coming off the ball. I mean, he was real – he jumped out on the very first play how good he's coming off the ball. So, he will be missed. He will be able to redshirt. They'll have him back next year. I mean, if you look ahead to next year, that is good because you're going to be pretty young up front on the defensive line with so many older players moving on. I mean, your top five, I guess, defensive linemen are freshmen. So, you have Dorian Gerald. You have Jonathan Marshall back next year. So, But that's, that's definitely tough. For all the talk about running a 4-3 defense, they did not run a 4-3 once. Not one time, and pretty much – now, they had a decent rotation going up front. I call it a rotation. They had, they played a lot of backups in the front seven. In fact, on that second-to-last possession at the end, they had seven backup players in on the defensive line when they kept having those penalties. It's like five flags in a row. For all the talk of a 4-3, they did not run it. They mostly ran a 4-2-5. Uh, I don't know that those D-backs came off the field. I don't think the starting defensive backs came off the field which is understandable because they're relying on so many young players. You make one little mistake and somebody throws over the top of you and it's a game all of a sudden. So I can understand why they didn't do that. Arkansas has got to get the ball to Debbie on Warren, man. Love this kid's energy. Love his body language. I mean, this kid was looking good. And he's done some things, you know, in, in kickoff return. But at receiver, he just kind of – he just never seems to get it going. But Debion Warren's a guy that they need to continue to get the ball to, along with Mike Woods, Trey Knox. Looks like Mark Arkansas could have four pretty solid wide receivers there and, and maybe some others as they continue to develop. I want to get into Chase Harrell because nobody has caught more flack than Chase Harrell in this game. Eh, maybe Ben Hicks. But Harrell did have three drops. Okay, you can't excuse he, has, he had three drops. And I don't want to say I told you so, but I, I did. I mean, I – I've seen him in practice. I've seen him in games. He just does not have exceptional hands. Now, that doesn't mean he cannot be a part of the game plan because Arkansas does not have the game that they had running the ball without Chase Harrell. And I know that's like nobody really looks at the blocking, but if you go back and look at this game and you focus on him, the plays that he's in, I mean, he's plowing people. 
not only is he doing that, is he getting physical and knocking people back, but he's finding blocks in space. He's getting downfield, finding guys to block. I can guarantee you that Devion Warren, uh, Rakeem Boyd, Devon Whaley's really – he only had one good run, an 11-yarder. They don't have that game. They don't have that day without Chase Harrell's blocking. So, they are going to bring back uh, C.J. O'Grady for this one. He wasn't quite ready for the last one, but he will be back. Uh, but there is a role for Chase Harrell in this offense. He just – he's got to get better at catching the ball. And I don't know if that's something that just happens overnight. I mean – he just always kind of struggled in that role to me. Um, you know, you don't move a wide receiver to tight end, really, if you, you know, if he's a great receiver. But um, that deserves to be mentioned. And I, and I know that he's especially catching a lot of flack. This is the best safety play that Arkansas has had. I mentioned that in my postgame walk and talk. Best safety play that Arkansas has had since probably Tremaine Thomas seven years ago. Um, let's see what else I got here. Special teams didn't hurt him that much. I still don't understand why. Reed Bauer was punting over Sam Lloyd, but it looks like they dropped the oar on this depth chart that it is going to be Sam Lloyd punting. But I don't know what that was with, with starting him out as the punter. Um, you know, he punted 36 yards is about what he, he usually does. Uh, so good to see Lloyd going as the, the starting punter now. They did have an issue with fielding balls that were landing inside the five-yard line. The first two went into the end zone. That's got to stop. And then, you know, my guy Devion Warren at the end is just kind of taking it in his own hands like, I got it. And he recovered. And that was a big one because that was fourth quarter right before their their last drive of the game where you needed to pin them deep. Um, and on that drive, I mean, the one thing that was real disappointing, not the one thing, the one thing with Dev, Devois was, um, you know, putting it on the ground there in the fourth quarter on that drive where you needed to put away. Portland State still had two timeouts left. There's like a minute 33 left on the clock. They recover the ball at like, what, the 40-yard line? On their side, that could have spelled disaster. You got to have better. Your senior back, you know, that's Devall's got to do better than that. He knows that. Um, but that was the one thing I thought that was, you know, was kind of disappointing about what Devall did. Just, you know, you're trying to put the game away there. Can't can't fumble the ball. Um, Chad Morris and Nick Starkle at the end of the game, or at the end of the first half, you can obviously see Chad Morris is saying, "Spike it, spike it, spike it," and you see. Justin Stepp and, you know, I guess a couple of other uh, staff members. I guess this means run the, run, the, run the same play again when they do a guitar. But everybody's doing that except for Chad Morris. So they'll get that figured out, whatever that was. But that cost them a field goal right there. I didn't know. I mean, everybody's going, what are they doing? So some kind of miscommunication. But you can see Chad's calling for a spike and everybody else is doing this. And they're lining up to run a play. And Chad was right behind him so he couldn't see him. Um, let's see. Austin Caps was hit for a holding call. I've watched that several times. If your hands are inside, I mean, this is how they teach you. Inside. You know, you want to get – you don't want to be like this. You want your arms inside, your hands inside. And when the guy tries to release and go the other way, you let him go. And that's what I saw on that. I don't know why they called holding. That was the most – tick. that's what you do every every single game. I mean, every play offensive lineman, that's what you want to be. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why they called holding on caps on that. Um it did look like he got rolled up from behind. He's supposed to be back in this one, uh, but at 12.52 to play in the game, he got rolled up from behind. It looked like his ankle, but uh, they do expect him back for this one. Um, really liking what I see out of the secondary. I mentioned the, the safeties, but, man, those cornerbacks, Monteric Brown and Jarquez McClellan, both had their moments. I mean, Brown had that big hit. That running back was coming around that corner, and he's a big guy. He's 220, I think, listed on the roster. And he lowered his shoulder, and Monteric lowered his shoulder. And Monteric's considered, you know, slightly built, and he separated that kid from the ball. It was a nice lick. Uh, so Monteric played well. Jarquez McClellan played well, had that interception, had a pass interference call at the end. I mean, really, they were tugging back and forth at each other, but that was probably not the worst thing that could have happened at that particular time. But Jarquez had a nice interception uh, midway through the third quarter. The thing that I really didn't like, you know, you can question the offensive play calling. It's easy to look back on stuff. But I remember thinking, man, why? It was first and five at the nine-yard line, and they threw two incomplete passes and had a one-yard run by Chase Hayden. I just, and I talked about this in the walk and talk too, but it bears mentioning again. Why are you not running the ball? First of all, with Rakeem Boyd. Rakeem Boyd should be t- – I mean, this is your chance to literally ice it. The game's over right there if you score a touchdown. You could go one and a half yards – on six runs in a row and get into the end zone, you know, and take a ton of time off the clock. Instead, they threw a pass, which the ball was in jeopardy on that pass to Chase Hayden, and they ran with Chase Hayden, and they had another incomplete pass. I mean, I think he threw it away on that one. So, 
I just don't understand what the play calling was on on that particular series. First and five at the nine-yard line. You get two first downs there. Um, Arkansas went up 20-6, to six and Portland State took over 10-44 to play. This is when they – yeah, with that 10-44 left, and they had all those penalties. They had uh, Jonathan Marshall jumped offside. Marcus Miller came in for one play, the only play that I think he played. Jumped offside. Uh, was actually encroachment, had made contact. Um, then two plays later, Jamario Bell jumped offside, but they were offsetting penalties. And then two plays after that, Joe Fouché jumped offsides. No, with Jamario – one of those, they actually took the yardage. I think they took seven yards and lost a down versus five yards and getting the down back, which was not smart on Portland State's part. I don't know why they did that. Um, but, yeah, you just had a lot of penalties. And then later on that drive, you know, Gabe Richardson almost had Jelani Easton, who had come in for the other guy, for Alexander, uh, almost had him tackled behind the line of scrimmage for a sack, and Grant Morgan was right there, didn't get him, and then – I mean, the ball goes like two inches over Cameron Curl's arms outstretched and then like right under Monterey. That was like a miracle pass play to the only NFL guy on Portland State's roster. Um, that was a miracle pass play. Stuff like that happens in football. Uh, I mentioned the Devois deal. Game ended on Joe Fouché's interception. Joe Fouché's got to get down. I mean, it didn't cost him, but the, la- the worst thing that can happen is for the ball to stay in play. So you got to get down after that interception. But that's kind of my thoughts on on how everything broke down. I want to remind everybody to go ahead and get your questions in. Danny West is going to join us here in a minute. So get some questions in. Let's limit the con, the comments because when I start getting a bunch of comments, the, the questions fly off the page. So just keep the, uh, the comments section, if you don't mind, uh, two questions and not comments so much. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Should rename it instead of comments, questions. All right, let's break down Ben Hicks real quick. So Hicks also catches a lot of flack, but there are some things that were on him that some things that weren't. And the way I broke it down, obviously everything changes. There's the butterfly effect. You, you complete an incomplete pass, everything changes, right? Um, but just for the sake of discussion, let's say it didn't. So he finished 14 to 29 for 143 yards, 48.3% with no touchdowns, and no interceptions. Not necessarily the numbers that you would want from, you know, an experienced veteran quarterback who's, you know, your coach on the field type. Um, but a few things go a little bit differently. Then you could add, I think, what, four more completions for about 70 yards minimum uh, plus Mike Woods falling down on that play probably would have picked up 20 yards to a touchdown. So then you're talking more like 18 to 29, which is about 62% for 213 yards. So a little bit and probably more points, definitely more points. So um, could have been a little bit better. That's not exceptional by any means against an FCS opponent. It's not exceptional, but uh, could have been a little bit better. So some of the things that weren't on him with 11.06 to play in the first quarter, he hit Mike Woods in the flats for what could have been a 20-yard touchdown but Woods fell down for a one-yard loss. That could have been a nice play for him. Um, I think they ended up getting the uh, the field goal on that one. Uh, wasn't a perfect throw and was a little bit behind him, but he hit Trey Knox um, with 12.38 to play before halftime. This was their third series. It was third and eight, and it was wide open, and Knox kind of was thinking more about what he was going to do with the ball afterwards uh, and drop the pass. So, And that was third down, so you lose – the ball there so that was big who knows what could have happened after that um came back and had a fairly poor 50 50 ball to Traylon burks uh and then threw a dart to chase harrell that would have con- converted third and six but it was dropped 
that should have been absolutely caught. It probably would have been a 20, 20 plus yard play. I mean, the ball was about 20 yards downfield. So he probably could have done something with it after that. Uh, and then Arkansas had to punt. So that was a tough one there on, on a third, uh, third and six. Uh, then later, it probably would have only gone for four yards, but and this would have been a little bit tougher catch, but it was still a drop. Um, but uh, Harold did drop a pass there uh, a little bit later on fourth and one. Later, Arkansas, excuse me, Arkansas later converted a fourth and one, so they they didn't get that pass, but they did convert the down uh, and kept the drive away uh, alive anyway. With thirteen thirteen to play in the in the game, um, Hicks rolled out bootleg and had Harold wide open in the flats. Hit the ball hitting would have hit him, I mean, right in the chin. And, uh, and drop that. Again, Harold did some really good things in this game that, that went unnoticed. I know they did because it's blocking, but he really did, and I wouldn't be saying that if he didn't. Uh, but as a ball catcher, got to be better. So the things that were on Hicks, the things that hurt him when Arkansas had negative plays, third and six with 9.45 to go from the 16-yard line. He threw over the middle to Grayson Gunner in traffic, but it looked like he had Trey Knox in the northeast pylon at the goal line. Uh, they ended up selling for that 34-yard Connor Limpert field goal in the first possession with 6.25 to go in the first. He had Burks wide open for what would have been a 20-yard gain, probably, probably like 30 yards, and uh, it went incomplete. Um but he threw – I mean, that ball was way behind him, way behind him. But a minute later, he hit Tyson Morris on a corner route um, on third and nine for 16 yards. So, that pass was actually almost – I can't believe that. I thought it was intercepted, that pass to Tyson Morris for, for 16 yards on third and nine. I mean, a better defender probably would have picked that off. So, definitely not reason just to praise Ben Hicks there. But um, – I thought, I thought that could have been easily intercepted. But, um, anyway, that was a bad throw on that one to Burks. Um, Arkansas was forced to punt with 7.35 to go after back-to-back bad throws by Hicks on a corner route and then an overthrown screen. I think they may have hit uh, Rakeem Boyd with a drop pass on that, but that was a that was a, just a bad pass. I don't give him a drop on that. I don't know if it hit your hands, but, I mean, that was a – he's, like, falling back. I mean, there's no way that even if he'd caught it, there would have been anything. Um Tarquez McClellan, after Arkansas punted into the end zone again and only had a 19-yard net, Tarquez McClellan made an interception. So that kind of balanced things out a little bit. Then with 11.52 to play, Hicks had pressure in his face and then put the ball in jeopardy. I don't know what they were – that was when they were down there at the goal line. They should have been running the ball six times um, or at most six times they could have run it. Um, but, you know, um, he threw – I don't know what that play was. He was kind of fading away and threw the ball to the end zone. There's a ton of Portland State defenders right there. He's trying to go to Chase Hayden. So, they got – excuse me, got lucky on that one. Um, and then speaking of luck, his arm was hit with 6.33 to play in the third quarter, and the ball just kind of fluttered off to Michael Woods. Uh, but that was fortunate and and a little bit lucky there. How we doing, everybody? We got some questions built up. We're going to get to Danny West here in a little bit. I've gone – I have no idea how long I've gone. We have gone 23 minutes. So I got to go to Danny West here in just a minute, but I want to get to these five burning questions. We had five burning questions and we have five not so soothing answers. Um, is Ben Hicks the guy at quarterback? I said before these games are one, these jobs are won in camp. And no, he's not the guy yet. He's not the guy at quarterback. And in fact, if Nick Starkle had stayed in there, if he hadn't have thrown that interception, I think they might have tried to see what Nick could do a little bit more in that one. So uh, Ben Hicks has not proven that he's the guy at quarterback. It's still an open job as far as I'm concerned. Ben Hicks is a starting quarterback in title only right now. Title only. All right. How good are Trey Knox and Traylon Burks? Very good. Now, they're going to be very good. They're good now, but they're going to be very good because they're both playmakers. But things like route running and uh, something I noticed they do is they hold their hands like they're open and they're, when they're not open. You know, uh, Burks did that on Starkle's touchdown pass. Held it, there was no way – first of all, he got intercepted, and if that hadn't been interception, the guy behind him was at least going to knock it down. So, But Knox and Burks are both going to be an exceptionally good players. They've both got playmaking ability. Now it's about all the things that you do before the ball gets to you. And as the ball gets to you in Knox's case, he did have that drop. Can the offense get off to a fast start? Yep, they got off to a fast start. They got off to a really slow finish, though. Really slow finish. Um, but I noticed when they came out, I, I was like, okay. And then the scripted part, you know, they, they script those first 15 plays. So the first 18 plays worked out well for Arkansas, the first 18. 
Um, and that's, you know, expected even with, with Portland State. I said, you know, they probably come out and have a touchdown or points early on and then maybe get some trash stuff at the end. That's not how it worked out. But, they you know, they had scripted plays. They had a game plan going in, and Arkansas did too. And you did notice more pre-snap stuff, guys coming in and out of the backfield. You didn't see that as much last year, even though, as Chad Moore said, it was still a vanilla game plan on offense. A vanilla game plan that almost got him in trouble. Does Arkansas have any depth on defense? In the front seven, maybe. I mean, I thought the backup linebackers played well. You know, they they lose some guys uh, on the defensive line, so uh, particularly Doran Gerald, so lose a little bit of depth there. The secondary didn't; they just did not play backups unless they were in dime and they had to. But um, still, the jury's still out. But I thought the the front eleven or the starting eleven all played very well on defense. Does Arkansas have a special player in Rakeem Boyd? I think that goes without saying that Rakeem Boyd. Um, can be a star in this offense. You know, you talk about the offensive line not opening up running lanes, but Rakeem Boyd, he didn't seem to have too much trouble running. Penalties, Arkansas had seven penalties for 70 yards, which is twice the number that they had last year. A lot of that came on the second-to-last series against the defense. And then there was, you know, the opening personal foul, which was bogus, the holding on Austin Cass, which I thought was bogus too, so – uh, turnovers. Arkansas got three turnovers in the game, three interceptions. That's what you want. Get three turnovers a game, you're going to lead the country in turnovers. Special teams. Um, kind of mixed. I mean, Connor, Connor Lempert made both his field goals. He didn't seem to get the ball deep. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. We should have asked that today if that was intentional. But, um, you know, they were fair catching the ball. Uh, you get it to 25 now. So, um and then they had the, the, the miscues on the punts that were landing inside the five-yard line. Critical areas. Um, made it to the red zone inside the 26 times and only came away with two touchdowns. Not very good. Five of 15 on third down conversions, which is 33%. Not much better than last year's percent, which was 30% and last in the SEC last year. So, no, I would say that they failed in that area. Physicality, defense, yes. Offensive line, yes. Tight ends, yes. I mean, I thought they played pretty physical overall. Um, Rakeem Boyd ran the ball hard. Yeah, I would give them physicality. I mean, if you look, if you go back and look at the game, you're going to see a lot of red jerseys swarming the ball. Um, defense getting into the backfield. That quarterback, like I said, was hell trying to get a handle on him. But um, I would say Arkansas played physical. You know, they ju- they made some mistakes that cost them. They had some drops. They had some things here and there that, that really cost them. Uh, in that game and um, I said I'm going to say it again I said the most disappointing thing about this team would be coming out if they came out looking sloppy the most disappointing thing since November when they went lost 38-0 to Missouri would be if they came out looking sloppy so I, I would say that was definitely reason to be disappointed this old Miss game coming up is going to be low scoring I fear it could be a very low scoring affair judging by the way that they held Memphis. Memphis put up some yards on it. They just didn't score points. Um, and then Ole Miss's offense just really didn't move the ball very well. So, um, all right, we're going to jump into my man Danny West. Time for Danny. We're going to talk a little bit about Razorback recruiting. We'll talk um, We'll talk a little bit about the freshmen also. Trey Biddy. Hey, Danny. How you doing, man? Doing good. Happy Labor Day to everybody. Oh, yeah. Three Happy Labor Day. I always forget about Labor Day because – Because we have to work. Well, I've never had a Labor Day off in 15, 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is my 16th Labor Day that I haven't been able to do anything in a row. Yeah. We always have Monday press conferences. Um, so, Danny, obviously Arkansas got two big commitments. I think we can jump into those real quick. Let's start with Darren Turner, number 193 overall prospect in the country, an athlete who could play wide receiver or in the secondary. How big is this commitment? Well, I think it's uh, both of them are kind of o- overshadowed a little bit based on Saturday's game, right? Yeah. Everybody's a little bit upset about how that one went. I don't blame them, but yeah, very big last uh, four days here. Darren, I'll start with him. You brought him up. I, I don't think there's any doubt he could play wide receiver in the SEC. I mean, you watch his film, it's hard not to say, yeah, he definitely needs to be playing offense, but I still say, Trey, I like that length and athleticism in the secondary, especially when you look at their current recruiting board as safety. Just not a lot of names there that excites you. Mm-hmm. And uh, not a lot of depth there either. I don't think they've got very many options, to be honest with you. So we've seen them go after a, a big safety in the past. Miles Mason, obviously. I think Darren is a much more athletic Miles Mason. So, you know, if you ask me, I'd put him on defense, but – he does a little bit of everything at uh, Central High School there in Memphis. Wide out. He can go win a jump ball. He can make those one-hand 
uh, Odell Beckham-type grabs in traffic. But they've even run him at a Wildcat quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. it, he does it all. But defensively, again, I think he's got so much ability to, to cover ground. Uh, he can make those big receivers. He can match up with them and the tight ends in this conference. And, you know, if he does come away with a pick, you better look out because he knows he knows what to do with it then. So a really big get there. And then we'll move on to uh, Cottrell Wallace, obviously out of Bryant. I like that kid a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. six six two ten. You just look at his frame. You know he's going to be a really big guy. It might take him a little bit, but he'll get there. Um, you know, he kind of looks skinny. He looks light right now at six six two ten. So that tells you a lot about his frame. Really rangy guy. We saw him last year at Bentonville West. I think he's super physical, very aggressive, and uh, he's got the great length that you're looking for, and uh, knows how to use it. So. That's a guy that's not even close to tapping into what he's going to be, in my opinion. But you think about his recruitment, we've talked to him or talked about him for several months now as a possibility to be the next commitment. Uh, You heard me say all summer long, "Eh, I'd I'd probably put him up there as one to watch as the next guy. Well, then he missed a few scheduled trips to Fayetteville for one reason or another, couldn't make it to campus, finally got up here this past weekend and I think they pushed it. I think they really wanted him to go ahead and um, not take those trips to Nebraska, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State this fall. You know, that's an in-state guy that they offered way, way before everybody else. So I, probably a little bit impatient. You know, go ahead and make your decision here. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think he had already made it and just hadn't announced it until yesterday. So. Um, yeah, good weekend in recruiting. I, again, I know it was overshadowed by that pathetic performance Saturday, but uh, they're still doing well, still doing really well in recruiting. Danny West joining us here on Hog Sports Live. Now, Danny does another podcast that is only for VIP subscribers, so we definitely hash over some things here, but for the real inside scoop, like what's going to happen, what's about to happen, if you want that type of information, you need to read his stuff, VIP on hogsports.com. And that pro- podcast that he's done, he's done two of them now. It's something he's going to do every week, like on Fridays. Um, really goes in depth and answers your questions on that kind of stuff. Not that we don't hash through some stuff here, but just a lot more in depth. Most of Danny's stuff is VIP at hogsports.com. As I, as I said before, you can subscribe at hogsports.com for $1 right now for your first month or get 30% off your first year. That's hawgsports.com. Real quick, one more time, plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live, YouTube, throw us a thumbs up if you like the content. If you like what Danny's cooking, throw us a thumbs up right now if you haven't done so already. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So plenty of ways to watch and listen. Again, throw us a thumbs up right now if you like what Danny West is delivering for you. So, Danny, dead period is over. Yep. Your chill time is over. <laughs> yeah, what's right what's happening next? These guys can get yeah, out so and just talk on about Sunday, that on uh, September 1, every year, coaches are allowed to start reaching out to their 2021. Well, I should say the next junior class. They can start hitting those guys up, and we've seen that so far. Actually, that's what I'm looking at today, looking at a whole bunch of 2021 names that I know are way, way high on their list and uh, just trying to sort through them and, and get with some of those guys to see what they've heard so far. But – yeah, uh, like I said a couple weeks ago, I think it was on this program, that um, not anticipating Arkansas going out on the road, which they can now. The evaluation period has started as of yesterday, so they can be out this week if they want to be. But, mm-hmm. you know, like we've talked about, Trey, they've had this game circled for a long time now, and they're not likely to take many chances in terms of distractions or taking the focus off of this game. So, I wouldn't anticipate very many coaches really going out. You know, you might have some here or there, maybe stop by a game in Northwest Arkansas or whatever, but don't anticipate much activity this week until they get through this Ole Miss game this Saturday. They know how big it is, and like I said, they do not want to take their focus off of that one. Hey, Danny, I want to – and you're absolutely right. I mean, how, how, how long have we talked about the importance of this Ole Miss game um, Long time. I mean, yeah, it's been uh, all year. Yeah, all year. It's a huge <laughs> Literally one. Literally all year. It's a huge one. It's so big. So, it, especially Trey, I want to make a point real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of the guys that we keep talking about, Omari Thomas, Bryson Eason, right there in Memphis. You know, you've already got Darren Turner and Martavius French, mm-hmm. and you know they're helping you now with those two guys. But 
this game could go a long way in determining a lot with those two guys. Both of them obviously have interest in Ole Miss. I don't think it's so much a head-to-head battle with Ole Miss necessarily as it is. You just need a positive something yeah. to point to at this point. You got it. And if you can beat Ole Miss, get your first conference win under Chad Morris and do it on the road in their house, especially after what you just put out on the field last week, I think people would start to feel a lot better. And especially those recruits, they would finally have something to point to there. Yeah. Yeah. You go on the road in Oxford and beat Ole Miss and, um, you know, people stop thinking about this, uh, this last game. So Danny, you had a story after the game. One of your stories was uh, about the freshman who played against Portland State. Um, what, what, uh, let me ask you a couple of guys here and there. So Trey Knox and Traylon Burks. I don't, you probably don't have the story in front of you, so I'll go over it with you. But Trey Knox and Traylon Burks, what were your impressions? Well, I felt like Trey had a pretty disappointing uh, drop there. Mm-hmm. I want to say first quarter. Yeah, he's missed uh, like yeah, eight the, of the last ten practices at least, yeah, maybe and, nine. And 10. that's fair. Yeah. That's fair to mention. You know, he is rusty. He hasn't practiced. But uh, that was disappointing. But then he comes back with the 38-yarder to put him in position to score right before half. We know how that turned out. They weren't able to do that. So, you know, he's going to be fine. I worried a little bit rewatching the game that maybe he's not getting separation, not getting off the line mm-hmm. well enough. But, again, you know, you talk about the time he's missed. Maybe that had something to do with it. Traylon Burks, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. I really did. Would you return I mean, three for 52? I think I would, man. He Keep was, like Chad said after the game, he was one shoestring away from breaking one of them there. So. Yeah. I think I'd hang around for a little bit longer and see if he might be able to pop one. Everybody's worried he's going to get hurt. I know it. <laughs> That's what all the That's comments football, are. That's football, though, man. Yeah, hey, football. I'll tell you this. Everybody, you know, we, we make so much about that. I remember a time when Darren McFadden and Felix Jones returned every single kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's right. those were pretty good players there, and they didn't worry too much about them getting hurt. That's right. So, Gregory Brooks Jr., for as much as Arkansas talked about going to a 4-3 defense a lot in this one, they didn't run a 4-3 a single time. So, Gregory Brooks Jr. got to start at nickel. What do you think about him? Well, what do you have, a tackle? I yeah. mean, I, I think it says a lot just knowing that he's a starter out there. I think he's uh, I think he's earned that, and I think in time he's going to be a really good player. Really didn't see a whole lot from him Saturday, you know, but um, – we talked about it. That secondary played a great game, man. Probably one of the best played. Oh, yeah. Everybody had a moment. And, yeah. yeah. And granted, it's against Portland State. You would expect everybody to have yeah. a good game, but That's that the wasn't opponent. the case. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't the case. Not everybody did, but the secondary sure did. So, uh, I, I like Greg. I think he's going to be good. Danny Mateo broke his damn hand. Did you know that? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, broke his did hand. Did that just come out today? Came out today. He's He's got a cast. I imagine he's got some kind of soft cast on there, but um, he's going to be able to play, but he's got a fracture in his hand. But Jeez. another guy that came Lord. off the ball pretty good. Marcus, yeah. yeah, Marcus Miller only played one That's snap. So it's it's hard to glean too much from, from either of those guys. Miller only played the one snap. Um, Wait, was it even a snap? Well, it, it counts as something. <laughs> it's a penalty. <laughs> so he's Good in the Lord, books. Bubba. I mean, you yeah. get your chance, man. Don't go out there and jump. That was learn the, from that. That, that was, was the worst series that they had on defense. They had seven oh, backups man, in on the front seven and just did not. They crossed half uh, midfield and uh, they put all the starters in uh, with yeah. Bell uh, in for Gerald. But um, so hey, Zach, look out for Bell now, Trey. I, mean, Zach, I know we're talking freshmen here, but yeah. Hey, Jamario's finally got his shot with, with DG going down. Yeah, Jamario looks good. Uh, yeah. Zach Williams and Ricky Stromberg played a little bit, as you mentioned. Um, I was glad to see Sam Lloyd get most of the punts. I don't think Sam Lloyd ever had a boom. Like, like they were all like end-over-end pooch punt style kicks. But I don't Yeah, think that was ever, the situations they were in. Yeah, yeah he never – and I don't know why they had Reed Bauer doing the first kick. I mean, I, I, know, no so I, I thought it was going to be the other way. I thought, like, okay, Reed's a good pooch punter. That's why he's going to split. But they had Reed – Booming and Sam Boy pooching. I don't head scratcher, man. I don't get that one bit. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it's it. It's disappointing. So that's pretty much it on on the freshman, um, Danny. Yeah, I thought it was notable the guys that didn't play. You know, we didn't see Jalen mm-hmm. Catalan. We didn't see uh, uh, what's our other uh, what's the other freshman? Uh, Devin Bush. Devin yeah. Bush. I, I think there's a, a probably a fear of you know defensive backs, especially safeties. Sure. You make a mistake and you know it's, it's a over, eighty yard yeah. touchdown. You know. So I think that's probably the fear, you know, just the score was always close. So and and plus defensive backs, you you know, you talk about 
linebackers not wanting to play over 70% of the snaps. For defensive yeah. line, it's probably 60%. And for defensive backs, it's probably 80 or better, you know. Um, yeah. So I'll tell you one more freshman I'd like to see play. Mm-hmm. Monte Spivey, a running back. Yeah. I think. I think he not? will. I'd, th- I'd give him a shot. I think he will too. I mean, especially you. D- you just didn't get a whole lot out of your running backs. I mean, I, I really think sure it's did. Rakeem Boyd all by himself, and then Devwa Whaley all by himself, and then you know who knows after that. I think there's just a pretty big gap at running back there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would like to see. I mean, the kid can run or he can't. Right, he's yep, going to have to brush right. up on pass pro and stuff like that, but um, he can run or he can't. It's the bottom line. Yeah. You got anything else for? And it goes, well, it goes back staying on that. But I put out a stat on Twitter last night. Some of the uh, first down rushing attempts, mm-hmm. Rakeem was over seven yards per carry. The other two guys were at two point something. Yeah, I mean it tells you a lot. That puts you behind the sticks, man. And uh, you know we everybody keeps talking about when are we going to see this hammer down offense. You have to win on first down, and yeah. Rakeem's the only one doing it. Yeah, that's something that I'd you bring that up. A shot. Danny and I sit obviously sit next to each other for the games, and I mean he brings it up every game. First down runs, first down. I mean it's just it's been bad the last couple of years. Yeah. All right, has. brother. All right, man. Y'all have a good one. All right, appreciate you. So that's Danny West, our main recruiting man at Hogsports.com. Again, that's H A W G Sports.com. All right, we're going to get into these questions real quick. I probably had some more things to go over. I mean, we could really have gone all day long on all this stuff. I wanted to play Ben Hicks's audio from the post game, but you can listen to that elsewhere. So uh, let's go over the um, what I've got. Obviously, the comments roll off when we get so many of them. But uh, Kim Clement says Craddock was the problem last year too. Um, I, I don't. I think it's probably a little bit early to judge. I have my question marks with some of the play calls. Absolutely. Some of it's execution. It was a more vanilla offense. I'm not willing just to put it all on Craddock, but man, that first and five was frustrating down at the goal line. I will say that. Um, some of the other stuff, you know, you can put some of it on Ben Hicks. You can put on it some, some of it on drops and stuff like that. So who knows how things would have played out. And then, you know, a couple things gone differently here and there. So we'll see on play calling. They It's Craddock and Morris. Morris is involved in those play calls too. They discuss everything together. Uh, and Moore said as much in the in the offseason that he would be more involved in the play calling. Um, Ryan Stafford says, do you think some of the play calling was situational for certain players and certain downs? I mean, yeah, I think it was. Curtis Kendrick says, prediction for two for week two. I mean, I predicted Arkansas to lose in the um, in our preseason picks. I, I had them six and six. I had them losing this game to Ole Miss. I just think you're relying on so many young players. It's on the road in Oxford. At the same time, Ole Miss has had to prepare for Memphis. You know, they can't just, like, look ahead to Arkansas like Arkansas was able to do a little bit. There was some looking ahead. You know, they say the right things, but there's some looking ahead, even for a 2-10 and 10 team. Um, so, that is an advantage for Arkansas, but it is a road game at 630 in Oxford. It's going to be tough. I'm not saying they can't win. Uh, in fact, I'll, pick, I'll predict a pretty close game. Uh, you know, last year they – Probably would have beaten them if Rakeem Boyd stayed healthy. And we'll have some stories on Rakeem Boyd here later in the week. So, uh, right now I'm saying Ole Miss takes that one. Um, though I think it can be close and I think it could go either way. Ricky Williams, I think it will be low scoring based on what I've seen so far. Ricky Williamson said, didn't Coach Morris have to take over play calling last year at some point? I don't know if he ever took over, but I will say that, you know, he has – his fingerprints are on the play calls, definitely. Hicks throws the ball late or behind receivers. Receivers were running wide open. He doesn't see the field well. I would agree with you on some of that, Treadway. Um, Treadway, I, I think that he didn't. He lacked a killer instinct on a lot of stuff um, where you got to trust your arm. There's, as I said on the walk and talk, it's a fine line between being careless and having a killer instinct. And, you know, I thought he was careless sometimes too now. Um, but obviously the real careless throw goes to Starkle. Bobby Dale says Harrell needs to sit the bench. There's a role for Harrell, Bobby. I mean, it's not catching third down passes. But run blocking, I mean, the guy can absolutely help you there. And I'm not saying he should never get thrown a pass again, but not in such a critical situation. Trevor says it's time for Starkle or John Stephen Jones. I don't think it's time for John Stephen. Curtis Kendrick says, I say play both quarterbacks at the same time somehow. <laughs> Mark Warman says, why did the Hogs always start out so slow, even under the nut era, D-Mac, et cetera? You know, Danny was sitting next to me in the press box, and he goes, why can't they just beat people 55 to 10 like everybody else? Curtis Kendrick says he had a lot of bad passes. Yeah, he did. Starkle needs a whole half to adequately judge his ability. Yeah, I mean, he needs more time. I think you're probably going to see Starkle 
uh, some of this Ole Miss game regardless um, of how Hicks is doing. When you have young receivers run, 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 I don't know. They've got playmakers at receiver. But here's the deal, Aaron Livingston. Um, here's the deal. You can't run with Cream Boyd 30-something times against a team like this. I mean, you got to have him healthy all season. And so um, there's a there was a drop-off in the running game with the running backs. I think that was obvious. Mark Warman says, how impressed are you with Chavis? I think he's our best coach. I think Chavis, I mean, called a fine game. I mean, they were – they were vanilla on offense. I don't know that they were so vanilla on defense. They did a lot of movement. They brought some players from the secondary and um, from nickelback and brought some linebackers. They they didn't just have straight four-man rush the whole time. But I thought the defense, you know, if that quarterback is not as mobile as he is, then um, I thought the defense would have, um, um, you know, really, really just shut him down. Did Hudson Henry play? No, I don't recall seeing him. No, he wasn't out there, uh, Tyler Tober. Russell Martin says, start a new quarterback and ride the O-line and discipline them. Steve Dutton says, the drops has to be cleaned up. Any one of those plays could have went for big gains. I agree with that. All but one of them. You know, one of them was probably going for about four yards at, at best. How well is our offensive line going to hold up? We're awfully small. I thought the offensive line played well, Steve. I mean, how much better they play in, you know, against a better team like Ole Miss with guys like Benito Jones and stuff. That remains to be seen. But against the opponent that they played, I did not see any problem with the offensive line. And I'm glad I didn't say anything because my initial thought was, man, the offensive line must have, you know, given them a hard time. But um, I'd rather just, you know, trust my eyes and go back over the video and, and give a more accurate assessment. And anybody who says the offensive line blocked poorly or something just um, wasn't watching or wasn't paying attention. Josh Richardson says, do you think NS gets playing time? Nick Stark versus Ole Miss? Absolutely. I think he'll get more. And I think he'll absolutely get playing time. Tober says, why did Starkle not go back into the play, play the fourth quarter when we had a two-possession game? Probably had something to do with that interception. Um, yeah, I don't know if it had anything to do with the play right before halftime ended when he needed to spike it because everybody else was telling him to go ahead and run the play. But I think you're going to see more Nick Starkle against Ole Miss. Justice Max says, has Hicks shown any ability to take the top defense – to take the top off the defensive stretch the field, not like Starkle has. And that's why one reason, I mean, Hicks has the benefit of knowing the offense better. So you got young receivers and he can get them in the right place and stuff. He still can't go under 50% passing and, you know, uh, obviously some drops there. But um, Starkle has the arm to, to really, you know, those receivers may need help lining up. But once they get downfield, somebody's got to get them the ball. And that, I think eventually we're going to see Starkle be that guy. Jay Mo says we are a lot faster on defense. I noticed that too. I mean, they when they were coming after the quarterback, they were getting there in a hurry. There was a noticeable difference, especially a guy like Greg Brooks. I mean, when they would bring him, um, they're going to miss Dorian Gerald. Gerald comes off the ball faster than any defensive lineman that they have, maybe solely, but Gerald was coming, man. I mean, he was bringing it. Larry Vineyard says, how do you feel about the coaching? Uh, it's still up for grabs. I mean, here's the deal. They had a vanilla game plan that almost cost them the game. You know, I think you can absolutely question some of the play calling, but you're going to be able to do that after just about every game. So there are some things that I think you would question on the offensive side of the ball, no question about that. Larry Vineyard says, why, did K why didn't K.J. Jefferson – K.J. Jefferson is not ready to play. I mean, he's just not. If you see him in practice, you'd know, you understand what I mean. Got a lot of upside. There's no way he's ready to go out there on the field and be the starting quarterback. I mean – Heck, I don't know if Nick Stark was ready for what he had out there throwing that interception. I don't know what he was thinking on that. Stephen Murray says, why are we using two punters? I think you're going to see one punter moving forward. I don't know why they started Reed Bauer in that one. I just I don't know. Zach Bribery says, number one for Portland was dirty all game. Hit Woods late after he shook him. Johnny White says, well, Morris play not to lose next week. Can't play not to lose. Absolutely can't do that. Not against Ole Miss. Why is Burks returning punts? He isn't a year removed from his ACL. I don't know. If it's not an issue, then it's not an issue. If he's back 100% from his ACL, if he wasn't back 100%, he wouldn't be out there. Bobby Dale says not beating Ole Miss. That's probably what I would pick right now, Bobby Dale, although Ole Miss certainly didn't look awesome. Um, Josh Richards says defense was good except for over-pursuing, which is fixable. I agree with that, Josh. Uh, special teams were good except for, you know, down um, fielding those punts down there. Time of the quarterback where the Sears is fixable. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Is a lot of stuff is fixable. Absolutely. I think that they have better players and a better team than last year. I know that they do. But 
it was disappointing. There's no question about it. But there's a lot of stuff out there that you can look back on and say, you know, and fix. There really is. You got to know who your playmakers are too, and you got to go to your playmakers in key situations. And sometimes they didn't do that either. AB Green says, "Well, the first practice this week be tomorrow. First practice is was you know they do a light stuff Sunday, but Tuesday, yeah, it's the first practice." Yeah, a lot of going over stuff, game planning type, implementing that stuff today. Matt A. Worley says, I'm going to have to disagree about Bell. There's something wrong with his knee. Was limping the whole game. Last Losing Darren is huge. Most differential player out there. Um, I didn't notice Bell limping. Maybe you did, though, Matt. I would have to go back and look. Um, no, they don't practice today, Josh. What about Starkle and Willie start? He won't start, but he's going to play. I think you'll see him maybe even earlier this year, this week. Uh, it's a train wreck looking for a spot. We will get Ole Miss's best shot. It's going to be tough. Yes, yes. Chase Hogan-Jones says, man, was really impressed with the end of round from Warren. Yeah, but I think they had two or three end of rounds with him. Um, no jet sweeps with him, but two or three end of rounds uh, and looked good on all of them. And not just out running people, but also knowing when to cut it up inside. So, yeah, good good day by uh, by uh, Devion Warren. Um, I was really impressed with the interact. Don't understand the hate on him. All right, everybody. We got a lot of comments, but I don't have time to get them all. We've already gone way overboard. Let me see if there's anything too dramatically unique here. Warren, come out more fired up. Portland State would have beaten us last year. Might have. Ole Miss D held a good Memphis offense, 15. Okay. No, Catalan and Bush didn't play. I think we pretty much got everything. Okay, everybody. So now that we're wrapping up the show, cl- closing out, you're listening on Apple on Apple Podcast. Go give us a five star review. Throw us a review if you want to, but at least give us the rating if you like the content. Again, that helps us so much in bumping the channel up, getting in front of more like minded listeners out there. So if you're listening on Apple Podcast, shut it down right now because I'm not saying anything else other than where to tell you to listen. So. Go uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. Also available on Spotify and Stitcher to listen. Throw us a thumbs up now if you're watching the video and you haven't done so already. Give us that thumbs up. Facebook Live, we're always streaming on Facebook Live. Subscribe to the page. Like the page. I think we're at 75,000 subscribers and 74,000 likes. I'm not even sure what the difference is on those. Um, Also on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Like the video and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime that we upload new video. Hogsports.com, just $1. If you want some of that VIP stuff that I was talking about with Danny, you want to know what's going on in recruiting, you want more than just the casual fan information, the in-depth stuff, if you're a diehard Razorback fan, then that's what we're for. We're for the diehard Razorback fan at Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, go on there and give us a shot for $1 for your first month or 30% off your first year with a seven-day free trial. All right, everybody, for Danny West, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we will catch you on Thursday.